Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with me, Shelley Fischel of Tomorrow's VA and Joe Brianti of JLB Business Consulting. Each week we chat with amazing guest experts all aimed at helping you grow your VA business. So sit back, grab a cuppa and tune in for a fun-filled episode. Welcome listeners to this week's episode of Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants. And Joe and I are here on January the 7th. So this is our second new episode of 2021. Well, second new recording, because uh, we, we by the time this one goes out, there'll have been a few that have gone out that we recorded before Christmas. So the topics slightly change. So um, since we recorded on Tuesday, Joe, I don't know what's been going on in your neck of the woods, but we've had a full lockdown announced as of midnight tonight. So as of midnight Thursday night, the 7th of Jan for two weeks, which means with any luck and a fair wind, it will be lifted for my birthday, which would be quite nice. Oh, that's very nice. Very exciting. Have you got any birthday plans? Um, no, probably not, because I don't think anything's going to be open, to be honest. I mean, they may say that this particular lockdown ends, but they, they may they may extend it. It just depends on what, you know, what's going on. There's uh, there's it depends how things how things go. But we have our second jab coming up on Wednesday next week. And yeah. uh, we're quite kind of in a funny kind of way looking forward to that and um getting that but we're not we're, we're being very good we're not really going anywhere or doing anything so you know and have you had the pfizer or the other one or or is there another vaccine we uh, have uh, had yeah we've had the pfizer moderna one um, right, yeah and we will get the second batch from the same one. The yeah. biotech ones are arriving here today. So right. a second lot, that the, the shipments of more of the Pfizer one, more Pfizer Moderna and the biotech, they're all arriving. Um, the second lot are all arriving quite soon. So um, they can carry on vaccinating people, but they've vaccinated um, one and a half million people in the first three weeks. It's just been amazing. Wow. So, um, that is... All the over 60s. Well, not all of them, but many, many, many of them. So, so that's, that's quite good. A really, really good rate. So does that mean that you are slightly safer in terms of your immunity i'm not quite sure how it's working i don't I, I think i think the idea is i mean you still have to wear masks and you still have to do social distancing and hand washing and all of the other things that we've been doing the whole time i think it just means that you'd be less susceptible right if you came in contact with it and the other side of it um, from what i'm hearing is that if you were unlucky enough to catch it the infection would be milder Right. So, okay. yeah. you know, on both of those counts, in my mind, it's a good thing. So, oh, oh, um, oh yes, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. 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 So we're just, um, you know, they're, they're, they're carrying on a pace. The trouble is it's a small country and, you know, it, it, it doesn't sound much in relation to the UK cases per day, but it's proportionately, yes. it's about the same proportion. So it's, uh, it's, still, it's still going, you know, it's still happening. And it's because nobody, it's because there are pockets of people who don't keep the social distancing and don't wear masks and, you know, go to events and things like that, have get togethers. And then one person, only one person needs to be infected. Yeah. Oh, then, 
yeah definitely what's it haven't you yeah but let's talk about nicer things yeah what have you been doing since tuesday oh um actually homeschooling is going really well this time um the the teachers had pre-prepared ahead of this week a whole batch of stuff from doing so they've been doing about four or five hours a day of um schoolwork which is quite good as of next week they're on live lessons so they have to be in school uniform at 8 30 in front of their device um, for registration with their tutor the lessons because they're live are slightly shorter yeah so they're 45 minutes instead of one hour, but the 45 minutes will be with the actual lesson teacher. Yeah. Um, so next week they'll have full school days. Wow. That's so. going to be tough, actually, sitting all day in live lessons. I know because I deliver virtually. Yeah. This is that's how I work. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, hats off to the teachers because it is so so yes. challenging yes. to make those lessons engaging and to keep the children's you know attention um it's not like i'm teaching adults who want to learn how to do something in microsoft and they paid to do that yes. and you've got these children who haven't paid and actually probably don't want to be there so it's doubly challenging it's it's also i guess and i know from my own perspective working a lot on zoom if you're on zoom all day or teams all day by the time you get to kind of one o'clock two o'clock you're starting to flag aren't you your eyes are tired so you know it's really hard so it might be that they don't do a full school day but they have live sessions you know yeah yeah it's and it's going to be different for everyone I'm seeing a lot on social media you know, homeschooling, it seems to be the hot topic of, of <laughs> hosting as opposed to conversation at the moment. But, uh, and I'm heartily glad and, and count my blessings that we no longer have to do any of that. So how are they um, managing it over with you in Israel? Um, I don't think, I, I don't know, to be honest, because um, my son's children have been at school up to today Um, Although they kept a couple of the girls, they kept two of the girls off this week because they've been closing down classes right, left and centre because of infection. So my daughter-in-law thought if anybody catches it and then has to be isolated, that makes life so much more difficult. So she'd rather have them off. And so so two were at home and three were out and and she's working in the evening. I mean, she always worked in the evening, but now she's forced to, she's an accountant and she works remotely. So she's forced to work after they've gone to bed. Um, she always did a bit in the evening, but now her whole working day effectively is in the evening, which, you know, it's, it's tough. And it's tough for every, you know, like for many VAs, their working day will have shifted. They will be working when they would have been relaxing in the evening because yeah. they've spent the day being teachers or, you know, trying to be teachers. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think it's just, a, it's really tough for everyone. We just have to all count our blessings that we're healthy. Um, my um, my new mantra is this too shall pass. Yeah, I think that's a good one. I because, think good one. you know, there's no getting away from the fact that it is tough. And, you know, I'm finding it tougher this time than I did the first lockdown. Um, 
but it's not going to be forever is what I keep telling myself and this too shall pass yeah and that helps you know and if, if that's the one little gem I can share with people today is that this too shall pass I think you're absolutely right it will it definitely will and and yeah it's um it will. I mean, anybody that's ever gone through a difficult patch in their life, when you're in it, it feels like it's never ending. But when you come out the other side, you realize it's not, you know, never ending. And, and it, uh, it did pass. And if you can take if you've been through a difficult patch and you got through it, okay, then you just need to dig into that resilience that you had from that experience and bring it into your life as it is at the moment but uh, yeah so let's 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 change subject and get a yes. bit more upbeat and cheerful i've been sharing stuff um i've been sharing lead magnets and new course sign up pages and all sorts of things like that this week so i've got two new offerings out one is a, an ebook um eight top tips um which will save you hours and I also have started on my perfect PowerPoint creation course. I started recording that on Monday. Um, so I'm quite excited. I haven't done as much as I'd hoped, um, but the, the recording process for a course is quite arduous. And, uh, and I like to get it as close to perfect as I can. Um, so, so often there are retakes and re-records and all sorts of things. So. So that's in the work. So that's quite exciting. And, and you can sign up to get on the wait list. Although hopefully by the time this episode airs, it will have been released by then. Um, but the eight top tips, I know I noticed that you sneakily downloaded it, Joe. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I took a look at it and there were some really good tips in there. Okay. Anybody who hasn't seen it should get it. You what know. was your, at the risk of embarrassing you, what was your favourite one? <laughs> um. Gosh, now there was one about um, Outlook and yes, I can't remember it. Quick Steps. That's it, Quick Steps. Quick Steps, yeah. yeah. One of my favourite things, well, everything's my favourite thing, but one of my real favourite things in Outlook is Quick Steps. So um, perhaps we can talk about it later afterwards yeah. and <clears throat> I can explain what a Quick Step is. But for yeah. now, I think it's time to get ready to welcome Ali Meehan, who is Costa Woman into our mini remote studio. Ali will be coming to us from Spain. I'm in Israel, Joe's in, in London in the UK. So it's another real international episode. How exciting is that? Very. We'll, we'll be back with you in just a moment. Welcome back listeners. And now we have with us the wonderful Ali Meehan who's joining us somewhere from Spain. Is that right? Absolutely. Near yeah. Malaga. Good afternoon. Hi, Shelley. Hi, Hi. Joe. Hi. Fantastic. Yeah. So as I just said before, we were really, really international today. Sometimes we're only semi-international with Joe and I in two different countries. But now we have three countries, which is amazing. And it's just incredible. And um, for those of you who don't know Ali, Ali is runs Costa Woman. And I'm actually going to ask Ali to let us to tell you all about herself and what she does. because It's quite fascinating. She's won loads of awards as well. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I am founder of Costa Women. I started Costa Women in 2010. So it's our 10th anniversary last year. 
Um, we are a women's networking community based in Spain, although we have many members that are thinking about moving to Spain. So if, you, if you're thinking about it and you, you're not quite 100% sure, do come and join us. It's completely free at costwomen.com. And we organize local events in 38 different locations. Wow. We have um, 9,800 plus members. And we offer both social and business networking. So it's not just social and it's not just business because we aren't defined by businesses. We, we are people. Yeah, <laughs> We're in, in our own right. So um, we offer both um, opportunities. Oh, that's that's fantastic that's fantastic what's the weather like in Malaga to start on a really mundane question it's pouring with rain <laughs> and it's actually can cold I, can I just say that makes me feel so much I better <laughs> we woke up to minus three here this morning yes. and okay. when I knew we were going to talk to you in Spain I had visions of you <laughs> not necessarily in soap French but you know quite a bit warmer so. <laughs> yeah for the podcasters I'm not in a bikini it's rather cold here today. <laughs> yeah, it, we've been having actually a really mild winter we had some really torrential rain in November early December and it's been like spring and it was 23 degrees outside today wow <clears throat> in fact I didn't want to put on my woolly winter dress that I've been wearing but I don't know what it's like in 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 uh, in Spain there for you, Ali. But here, our buildings are built for the heat because most of the year it's hot. So yeah. when the temperature drops, the buildings get cold very quickly. It's all concrete and and tile floors, and bare walls, and people don't have lots don't have carpets and curtains and all the soft furnishings that yeah. hold the heat. So when it gets when the when the temperature drops in the evening, because it does in the winter, then it's really cold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel like, yeah. oh, I'm being a bit of a wimp here. I'm from the UK, yeah. but it's yeah. cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one top tip is to burn candles. I don't know if you do that. No, I don't. Because they take the damp out of the air. Oh. Um, so make it warmer. Yeah. yeah so well, that's that's one tip. That's yeah. a top tip. And it's going to make it smell nice as well. So Absolutely. Two yeah. things to do. Two things. So so you've you've travelled a lot, haven't you? I have. In your, yeah. in your career. Yeah. So, so when you, before you established Costa Women, I'm going to ask you about all the events in a minute, because that's really intriguing. But um, what did you do before that? Um, I've had various different careers. Um, I started off in a law firm. I worked 17 years for a law firm. And then they let me have a sabbatical because I've been there for so long. Um, <laughs> and I went to live in Australia. Um, and then had to come back because my father had Alzheimer's so I felt I really need to be back with my family Um, and then I got headhunted for a job working as an export sales manager so I then traveled the world um, as an export manager uh, selling container glass so that was glass bottles and jars around the world Um, and also did their marketing as well for the company which is when I started really looking into the whole world of marketing Mm. And then I became actually a virtual assistant for a company, which was, um, it was quite a funny story. The day I, I was supposed to be an office-based job. The day I started with this company, which was an oil and gas business development consultancy based primarily in the Middle East, the big chief came in on my first day of work within my first five minutes and fired the man that had employed me 
because he'd literally just been to an e-business seminar, and this was in 2000, so pretty early days, which said nobody's going to work from offices anymore. Everyone's <laughs> going to work from home. <laughs> um, so he thought, well, we, we had a very expensive office in Cobham in Surrey. There's no point in us actually having this office. Let's just use Regis to, um, as our base and all work from home. So my first day could have been my last day. <laughs> um, he said he would let me stay on and pay a bonus if I stayed on to help him close the company. So I, I helped him close the company. And then um, when I started asking if I could go for job interviews, he said, no, we've decided we want you to stay on, but you'll have to work from home. Um, and I'll make you a director of the company. So that was a, that was a bonus. So um, I was probably the first or one of the first few people in Dorking in Surrey who had internet connection to their home. Um, and that was in the old days of... Um, ADSL. Yeah, exactly. And that wonderful noise that you used to get when you connected to the internet. <laughs> Um, and it just went on from there, really. So I worked, I ended up working there for them for nine years. Wow. And we ended up moving out to the Middle East with that company um, and lived in the Middle East for nearly five years. And then we moved to Thailand and, and lived there for nearly a year as well. Gosh, so a real, real globetrotter you are. Yeah, and very varied careers. And they've all, they've all, given me a rounded I think view of life and and working yeah I, that's that's fascinating a real a kind of portfolio career I have a um, a friend I met through networking a, a, a guy Jay Blake and he he talks very much about having a he's a he's actually was a, a brilliant videographer and photographer but he does all sorts of other things now and he says he has a portfolio career so he can do a bit of this and a bit of that and a bit yeah. of the other which is which is really cool so um so you've worked as a virtual assistant, which is before the days of real virtual assistants. Yeah. And I remember a dial-up connection that was oh, awful. <laughs> when you think about it now, <laughs> no comparison. So what, um, do you have any tips? And also you, you talked about their learning about marketing for that company. And before that, you mentioned about organize, in Spain now, you organize 38 events. So that's kind of quite quite a task, isn't it, to, to organise all those events? What kind of events are they? Um, so we do everything from business networking to social events. Normally we would have 20 events a month, um, but because of COVID, they're mainly online at the moment, although Spain is a bit more open than it is, say, in the UK. But most of the events we're doing are still online. So we've done, since March, we've done over 230 online events everything from Pilates uh, classes to um, we actually ended up doing our International Women's Day conference online 24 hours before we were supposed to have the event uh, 200 guests people flown in from all around the world we got told no we couldn't do it so <laughs> yeah had, had I, I wasn't coming um, to that I remember talking to Jackie Jackie Granzel yeah. who we've had on the podcast yeah um, I remember talking to her we were having a chat and she was telling me how devastating that all was yeah. uh, when you couldn't do that Joe, have you got any questions that so far for, for I, I, I am blown away by the thought of 24 hours turning around <laughs> to online with 200 women and and how do you get hold of them if they're all sort of 
midway and all of yeah, those. Yeah, I know. That very was, challenging. Yeah, that was a challenge. Um, I think that the thing is to always have a plan B. Mm. <laughs> um, so I had already thought, because Jackie and I had been talking for several weeks before the event, what happens if it does get closed down? So I'd already thought, right, we'll, we'll put it online. Um, so it, it, and because I've been using online for a long time, it didn't really phase me the fact that yeah. we were going to have to do it online. So we literally just took the whole program and just went with the program that we had planned anyway. The speakers all came here. Actually, it was filmed here in my lounge, which podcast viewers can't see, but um, it was here in my lounge. Um, and we just went with the program and went live with it. But I think it's always a good idea to have a backup plan. And that's a good tip actually for VAs. Yeah. Um, I think we're all a bit guilty of not backing up laptops, not having things in clouds. Um, and then of course, when you lose things, it's devastating. So yeah, yeah do try and have a plan B. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. So, so do you physically arrange all the events or do you have a team that helps you with all of that? Yeah, I have volunteer hosts for most of the locations. Um, if, if it's more like the International Women's Day, that would be my event. But, um, and the business networking, I tend to do most of those myself. Now, we did have a, a team that organised different networking events in different areas. But actually, one of the joys of COVID, and we do have to celebrate some things that, that do go right in COVID, has been that we've been able to connect women from all parts of Spain and outside of Spain because it's online. Um, And over the last um, two years, we've actually built a really good relationship with the Women's Network in New York City. And we now have a monthly call with them. One month, it's a member of Costa Women who does the talk. The next month, it's one of their members. So there are are bonuses, actually, to, um, to COVID. Yeah, I've noticed that I'm part of a trainer community um, and we have um, monthly get togethers in different regions. It was all regional before because it was in person. But what's great now, I'm, and I'm in Israel, so I could never go to any of them to be in right. Brighton or Bournemouth or Edinburgh, you know, all over the country. Um, but I've been able to join some of them because it's all been online. So for me, that's definitely been a benefit. So I think I think I think. Yeah, I think I think us learning to be online is is a huge thing. And it's interesting that you say that boss was back in 2000 when you first did this kind of remote working Um, and it's taken 20 now one years for us to realize it properly um, and actually have the technology and tools to to enable it to happen what what platforms do you use for your networking or is it was it all zoom so we're using zoom. Yeah, um, at the moment, um, I've been using Zoom for a long time to do record interviews. So that wasn't a new platform for me, but I think Zoom has been really good. And especially the paid Zoom where you can have breakout rooms. Yeah. So we tend to use those a lot. um, And also the whiteboard and the, the different functionality. I think the thing with any technology is not to be afraid of using it. Yeah. Um, and, and learning how to use it. My husband always says you either learn it now or you learn it in the old people's home, but you're going to have to know it <laughs> as we go through life. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. yeah. Woman after my own heart. Me and technology, <laughs> my thing. So yeah. uh, that's what yeah. I love doing, learning new bits and pieces. We're looking actually for our next International Women's Day conference at using Hopin. Oh, um, I love Hopin. Yeah. 
so, I can have a chat with you about it afterwards if you like. Okay, I've, I've, I've presented on Hop in, Hop in uh, three or four times for other organisations and um, each one uses it differently. Uh, what, what it does have is the ability to have networking and to have the booth and to have booths. Yeah. So exactly. you can get sponsors to yep. have a booth. And also you've got the sessions which can be live or pre-recorded. Um, I would suggest that you have, um, yeah, I'm going launching into it now that you do them pre-recorded. Um, it works better from a timing perspective. So you've got your continuity person uh, and the sessions are pre-recorded. Also, if it's anything like the stuff that I present, when you share your screen, it doesn't share, it's small. You okay. can't see okay. it. So okay. pre-recorded sessions for me, I've done a few now on Hopin. And uh, as soon as everybody switched to pre-recorded it, the quality for the viewer is much better. Okay. Um, but there are other platforms. I've recently come across another platform called uh, Remo. Um, yes which yep. is lovely I've I've attended one event I'm hoping to go to another one in the near future um, and that one really simulates a networking environment because you have tables yeah so you log in and you can see a floor plan you can see different plans but you see a floor plan and you go to a table and you can join the conversation in that table and it's a bit like this so we can all see each other and then you can leave that table and go somewhere else talk to some other people right. and then yeah. they can bring everybody back into the main room if you like and have a speaker um i'm going to explore that one a little bit more because i thought it was quite quite fun yeah yeah but i mean I, I think the difference probably now from when i was a va is the amount of technology you have to know um and i say you have to you you actually you don't have a lot of option because whatever <laughs> Um, customers you have or clients that you have they always expect you to know um, the software or to know what's the best type of software for them yeah um, so it does make it a bit of a challenge nowadays yeah. yeah what do you what do you think about that joe bring you I, in a bit. i really like um remo i've had a look at it um when i was talking with a prospective client um just before christmas and i like the look of it but i've never worked with it and i've heard of hopping it was used at a local um business expo type thing where they had um people who would normally have the stand in the hall yeah. they had a booth and then they had other sections where you could go and do this like speed networking um around the almost like round a table yeah. type scenario yeah. um and then there was another section where you could go and listen to a talk and all of this could be going on at different yeah times and at the same time so i could choose to go to speed networking or i could continue moving around the booths to yeah, yeah. the stands i wanted to see so it, that's quite nice yeah 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 it's, the, only, the only thing i didn't like about the speed networking is i i thought you could feel a bit like the um when you're at school and they picked you for the football team, the rugby <laughs> team or whatever and, they, and you were you know you have you're given I think two minutes and you can choose to continue the conversation <laughs> if people keep saying no I don't want to talk to anymore you might feel a bit, I think bit you get a complex yeah exactly <laughs> Um, yeah, no, they, the, the networking that I experienced with that was you just go in and you say that they're going to just connect you with the next available person. But I didn't experience a time limit. So I don't know okay. if it's something that's if you're 
and it wasn't advertised as speed networking okay uh, but it was uh, it was really it was a really cool platform and and i the, the platform they used before that or this particular organization was um comcast crowd cast something like comcast yeah comcast yeah. it was Com- yeah. which was also very nice um but but hopping was better so yeah. it okay. just worked better but, but but that's fun. So have you got any any top tips for somebody working remotely about what they should be thinking about when they're working remotely? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would, there's various things. Um, I would say definitely to, you need to invest in yourself um, and have that as part of your business expense hmm. because there are so many um, platforms that you probably need to know or at least know something about that um, allocate part of your month to training mm. um, and actually schedule it in the diary and have it there as something that you do on a regular basis, whether that's listening to podcasts or um, reading books or reading blogs or doing online training. Yeah, can, you, need, you really do need to keep your training up. That's um, a wonderful tip. I wholeheartedly endorse that one. Um, for me, a day that I don't learn something new feels like a little bit of a waste. It might be only something really small, but it, I think it's just important. It's important to keep your brain active as well in a different way to work way. As yeah, well. yeah. So. I think another thing would be to con- to make sure you do a lot of networking. Um, I, I think we quite often get pulled into our business and, and don't think about the importance of networking, but especially now with um, so many restrictions on travel, actually meeting people, um, it's really important to network and get out there and maybe even build a buddies group of other VAs that are also working from home so that you can connect in with them and and just chat over um, issues or questions that you may have so that you've actually got a group of like-minded peers that you can connect with. Yeah. That's that's really important. We've talked about that before. Joe, you have a little group like that, don't you? Yeah. <clears throat> um, I'm a I'm a member of a, a number of networking organizations and um I haven't I run or co-run a small, very hyper-local um networking organization. And it's more about a social environment. There's an awful lot of businesses where I live that are single person businesses operated from their front rooms or their kitchen tables. And, you know, some of the bigger networking groups are, or feel, maybe they're not, but they feel to them like they're out of touch, you know, things like the Chamber of Commerce and and those kinds of things. So it was just developed as a social thing. And back in the real world, when we went to cafes and (laughs) things like that, we would do um once a month we would do a daytime coffee where some of the working mums could bring their children in prams or push chairs or you know sit them down with a cake while we all had a chat all very social and then the another time in the month we would have maybe a light dinner or you know bar snack or or just meet at a wine bar for a, a glass of wine and again all hyper social and you would have two different sort of sorts of businesses mingling in these environments. So, yeah, yeah very, very um, important, I think, networking. 
and not just from a business perspective yeah. but from a learning perspective because there's nothing like being in a room full of different businesses with a different worldview or a different skill and, and just having those conversations listening to the the 10 minute talk um and then following that up with a one-to-one -one with somebody you learn huge amounts all the time yeah yeah no definitely yeah. I mean, it was something that we did when we first closed the office in Cobham was I used to meet the lady that was my colleague once a month for coffee I would pick up the post from Regis that was the my reason for being out and then go to hers and meet for coffee and it just made a lot of difference to know that you weren't you know disconnected because yeah. in those days we didn't really have the online platforms the um, whole company used to use um, messenger <laughs> to, to chat yeah um whereas now you'd have whatsapp or, or telegram but um yeah i think it's important to have that social connection especially at the moment yeah yeah it's really important really really important really important because that, that's how you build that know like and trust as well yeah and and then others will refer you on to somebody when they're talking to somebody who's got the thing the pain that you can solve then they can say, oh, I know Joe or I know Ali. They can do yeah. whatever it is that you need to be to do. And, yeah. and they only get that through getting to know you over time, which is a, a, a top tip. So you're a big networker like Jackie. I am indeed. Yeah, yeah, I know very much so. Um, and I think it's really important to be, to network and know people, especially um, in Spain. It's even more important um, Spain has got a bit, or all foreign countries actually, do have a bit of a reputation of people reinventing themselves on the plane on the way over. Um, <laughs> so you're not 100% sure if somebody um, says they are who they say they are. So it's really important to network. And here your reputation is everything. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you've got no history in the country. So nobody knows you from school or when you were at university or college or um, when you were first working. So it's really important, that reputation that you build up. Yeah. So how, when people find work, people, people who are thinking or maybe thinking about relocating to Spain, and it's really interesting, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a, an episode with Lucy Brazier, who has just relocated to Spain. Okay. Um, recently and she is the uh, owner of March and Publishing and produces Executive Secretary magazine and lots of other event big big um, big events and I'll connect you afterwards Please. yeah um, but she's she's just just relocated she's they've had a home in Spain for a long time and they just decided that they were going to go and when I spoke to her earlier this year it was really really I will speak about it with her on the podcast. Their furniture had left on a lorry to go to Spain and everything shut down. And they were left in an empty house wow. with like almost nothing. Yeah. She said, but they were very lucky people rallied around, but she has, they have now gone to Spain. So what um, do people who, who relocate tend to find work within the expat community so everybody's working for everybody else so to speak or do people do put in the effort to learn the language and, and work locally how, how does that work it depends um, some people are happier working within the culture that they know so they yeah. tend to stick within their own expat community and that could be not necessarily just English but it yeah. could be Finnish or Swedish or whatever 
Um, and then some people are very much wanting to get involved with the culture and learn the language and um, work within the foreign community. Um, it's not that easy to get into the Spanish um, businesses mm. because we have something called enchufe, which means that you literally are plugged in because of your family to a business. Right. So um, it's quite difficult to get into Spanish businesses uh, and you would have to have a very high level of Spanish. I have got friends that have done it. I have a friend that worked for Telefonica for a long time and she managed to get in there, but it's not not that easy. Yeah. Um, and we're waiting at the moment to hear what happens with Brexit, what yeah. the actual outcome is for people moving to Spain. Um, because the UK are now classed as um, a third country. Right. Um, so will that mean that people can't officially work here? Mm. We don't know yet. Oh, gosh. So if, if that was to happen, what would that mean for people who are already there? Would they have to leave? If they're, no, if they're already here and they're already res resident and registered before the 31st of January, or they've got six months, actually, if they're already here and they can prove that they've been here before the 31st of January and they've got... Um, bills that they can show and um, they you know they can show they've been here then they're okay we're we've we've come under the transition but anybody post 31st of January who's not already registered I'm guessing Lucy's already registered and done everything that's why she's yeah I would imagine so. yeah I'm sure she has um, then we don't know what's going to happen we're waiting for it to be formally announced what the Gosh. criteria is that must be quite stressful for some people I would imagine well, there's a lot of people that wanted to come here um, because of COVID. They couldn't come over. So they had planned to move to Spain this year. Maybe they'd even bought a property. Um, and, you know, they need to get here and get resident. But, you know, it's really difficult. If you can't come to Spain unless you've actually got a residency card at the moment. So what does it mean if you're a Spanish a, national? Yeah. So so what happens if you're a, a what what a third country? What that's an intriguing. What does that what does that mean? Um, we're not 100% sure what it means for Brits. What it means if you're American or Canadian is yeah. that you have to invest a certain amount of money or have to prove that you have a certain amount of income. Um, and you have a non-lucrative visa. So you can't work. You can't work. Gosh. Um, my understanding, Ali, from being in the UK as the third country, okay. and, and I'm not 100% certain, but the, the government websites in the UK are suggesting you might need a, a work permit if you haven't become resident. But I don't know how accurate that is. I've not looked it up. From yeah, no, I, th I think that's probably what could happen, that they're going to need people to have work permits, but nobody knows how long it will take to process a work permit. Or, or when they're, they're going to decide or yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah, because obviously it's not a priority yeah. um, at the moment for the UK to, to get this organised no. with Spain. No. no. That the Brexit process actually only looked at manufacturing and products rather than services and, and the people element of it. Um, there's been a lot of talk, as you can imagine, on the news and, you know, over here about it. So, but I'm not, it's not something I feel confident or expert in because I've never had to look um, into it um, from a, a Spanish perspective. But uh, yes, my understanding is that there's some sort of work permit going to be coming. Yeah. And 
in the same way as in the UK, it's or in the UK, we have a protected list of jobs. And um, if you are on this protected list of jobs, you get a visa very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, but if you're not, then you're unlikely to get a visa or, you know, they will sort of question and go back to the company and say, well, why are you bringing in a Spanish person or a French person or, or whatever um, when we've got X number of unemployed in the UK yeah. and, and those kinds of questions. Um, so I don't know whether that's how it would reflect on the Spanish side backwards. But yeah, possibly. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So any any other top tips, Ali? Um, mine would be, to, I love niching. So um, you were talking earlier about, you know, maybe friends will recommend, once you start networking, people will recommend you. And I think niching is really important, even as a VA, um, it's really important because um, you will find that it's easier to work with certain types of businesses because then you can learn the, the tools and the skills that you need for those specific businesses. So rather than be everything to everybody, mm. um, it's going to be much easier if you work with a specific niche. And I love that generally anyway for any business, whatever it is. Um, I think it's really important to niche. Yeah, we, we've talked about niching a lot, haven't we, Joe? Over, yeah. over the months since we launched so it comes up in every other episode or so okay. <laughs> because it is you're right such an important thing because you you can't be all things to all people it, it just wouldn't work so yeah and I'm, I'm very much of the opinion that if your customers or clients aren't on a particular social media platform don't even use it because otherwise you end up with so many different platforms that you need to learn or, and use and get on top of that you just, you know, you don't have time to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, funnily enough, I was just talking to my brother before. He said, what do you use to schedule your social media presence? He's just starting to do some stuff on something he's doing. So we just had a call about all of that before. So uh, that's, that, that's very true as well. That's very true as well. It's been fascinating, and I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap up. Have you got any other questions for Ali, Joe? I have just one question left. Right, Go on, then. <laughs> you have lived all sorts of places, from very exotic to kind of more ordinary to all sorts. Why Spain? What made you land in Spain and say this is it? This is where I'm sticking my okay. Yeah, good question. The man, the man who's now my husband. Ah, <laughs> sorry, it's nothing, nothing other than that. Um, he was, he actually comes from my hometown. I didn't know him. I knew his sister, but didn't even know he existed. He was already living here um, and working here. He came in two thousand, and um, I met him at a party in the UK which a friend of ours was hosting. And at the time of, I was working from home anyway. So I just said to my company, can I move somewhere else? And they said, yeah, that's fine. So I literally up sticks and moved to Spain. Um, and the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> wow. So I always thought I would live in France, to be honest with you. Um, I love France. Um, when I was married before, we spent all of our holidays in France because I used to live in Kent. So it was easier to get over to France. Um, but Spain is definitely home. Um, I love the lifestyle. Um, 
they don't um, work to live. Um, no. Sorry, they do work they to live. They don't live to work. They don't live to work. Sorry, they do work to live. They don't live to work. Um, and they very much live for today and enjoy today. Um, and they're very family orientated still. Mm. Uh, it still feels incredibly safe as a woman. Most of my, um, I started it as Costa women and not Costa people because there's a very large majority of single women or widowed women living here in Spain. So I started it just for women and they all tell me that they feel very safe living here um, on their own, um, walking about in the evening. They don't feel at all threatened. So that in today's age is very yeah. important. It was yeah. a big blessing. That was really cool. Really good question. And yeah, it usually is something um, it's often something really simple like that's where my husband or wife or partner is from yeah so yeah that's yeah. that's really good cool. but it just does help that you like it there yeah no that would be I do know people that you know they've had to move somewhere else because of their partner or work yeah um, and actually when we lived in in the Middle East I wasn't that happy there but we were living it was a means to an end because we knew that we could um, come back here yeah um, at some point so um yeah, sometimes you just have to do things for a while um, to, to get what you want. Yeah. It, it's also, I have to say, a wonderful location along that, you know, Malaga and, and that stretch. We yeah. had our first holiday there, obviously not last year and in the recent times, but the year before last. Um, and it was really, really lovely. I was really taken aback by what I saw there and it, it completely didn't um, match what I'd had in my yeah. mind of, of, of that area. Um, my boy's favourite location was Puerto Banus. Okay. <laughs> the boats, the cars, the boats, yeah. the cars, the boats, the cars. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just we had that nice little drive down towards Gibraltar and went over onto the rock, which was it's quite strange because you, you drive across and you, you know that living there, one moment you're seeing signs in Spanish and then the next minute you cross over this little bit of road and you can go into an East London pub where yeah. they're serving you traditional British fish and chips or pie and mash, yeah. um, which was quite, quite um, different. But I loved it there. It's lovely. Very lucky to live there, Ali. Yeah, no, Joe, when I first moved here, I always thought Fingerola was like Margate. Because <laughs> um, that, that's the impression that you get, isn't it, when you see it on the television. And a lot of the um, photos in the newspapers for Brexit always show one particular pub in, in Benomadena that's got yeah. the flags outside. Yeah. And people just assume that's what it's like here. But Fingerola is very much a Spanish working class town. Or um, Marbs. Yeah, when, or mobs. When, yeah. when they all head off to mobs. <laughs> so close. <laughs> yeah. But it was totally different. I have to say it was totally, totally different to, to that thing. And we really loved it. And, you know, we will be back. So good. Well, let me know when you come. Yes, and absolutely. Too. And um, do come and visit. Yeah, we were, we were trying to find a neutral place. We've got kids all over the world. And we were trying to find a new neutral place to meet up with our kids who are in London where we wouldn't need to quarantine either side. And we kind of half thought of Spain for about five seconds. 
and then we realized it wasn't gonna work no so we, yeah. we we still haven't seen them but um hopefully we, we will have had our second shot of the vaccine next week okay um, and although we are in lockdown maybe once we come out of this next lockdown here we might be able to travel and if we've been vaccinated we might feel a bit more secure about doing so as well so yeah we'll have to see we'll have to see but that's been fascinating and I'm sure we've got some our listeners will have taken loads of um, of top tips it was really interesting and if you're thinking listeners of moving to Spain then do get in touch with Ali and do look up Costa Women all the links will be on the webpage for Costa Women and how to get in touch and and thank you very much for coming. No, thank you for having me, Shelley and Joe. It's been lovely. Yeah. Lovely to chat. Yeah. And to you too. Welcome back, listeners. That was such a fun interview with Ali Meehan of Costa Women. And I think you're all running off now to look her up, aren't you? I'm sure you are. <laughs> um, Joe was just saying to me, we were chatting just before we started recording, that she quite fancies the idea of living in Spain. Yeah. Yes, I, I love <laughs> I love the ethos that um, Ali was talking about. How they um, work to live, not live to work, yeah. and it's very much the same in Italy. My my husband is Italian. We spend quite a bit of time over there, and it's the same ethos. Yes, they start much earlier than us in the morning, but the whole point of that is it's when it's cool. So that when it's warmer, they can take an extended lunch. And then they do it a bit later when it's cooler. And, you know, family is huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here as well, family is is all important. Yeah. And, uh, you know, kids go out with their parents to restaurants. And, you know, you think nothing of turning up at a restaurant and, and seeing people with babies in pushchairs and, and all mm. sorts. Absolutely. I think it's any kind of Mediterranean hotter country um, lends itself more to that kind of open outdoor lifestyle anyway. Yes. So, uh, so I think that's got something to do, a little bit to do with it, a little bit to do with it. But what I took away from, uh, we were just talking as well, what we were both took away from that was the importance of networking. And, yeah. um, and this is the third person I think that we've had on the podcast to talk about. Yes, the third person we've had who's and a major networker because we we had uh, Jackie Groundsell who runs a conference with Ali in France as you in Spain sorry country's wrong as you heard um, in the in the interview and also we had Michelle Ibs just at the beginning of January as well who also doesn't run necessarily a big physical network but is a huge promoter of networking and um we, we, we can't remember whether we chatted about this while we were recording or whether it was after we'd hit the stop button. But Ali asked me if I knew Sue France. Uh, and I then proceeded to say, yes, I did. I'd met her at a big event that I spoke at in France, funnily enough, uh, for the European Management Assistance it used to, UMA it used to be called. It's now called IMA. In fact, I'm doing some webinars for them in the next couple of months. And um, and through that conference, I think that's how I kind of found Lucy. I think I because I found, I'm, I'm sure that I know of Lucy through Sue because I know they know each other and they speak at different events. Um, I know another wonderful lady called Dinah Liversidge, who does a lot of work with yes. me as well. And uh, in fact, I worked with Dinah as a mentor for about a year so she's the most amazing I must get her to come on the podcast what do you think yes 
Yes. And am I right in thinking that Dinah, now am I getting this the right way? Dinah works with her daughter in yes. their business. Yes. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. D uh, yeah. D Dinah helps Hannah out. Um, Hannah it. used to be my VA at one point as well. So it's a very small world. We were just saying yeah. this online, especially this online world is very yeah. small, but it does reinforce the importance of networking. And yeah. whether you meet people virtually or physically um, and keeping in touch with people is, is really, really important. And, and, um, and you never know what's going to come of something. And until people know and like you, um, and then when they meet somebody who has the need that you fulfill, mm. they can recommend yeah. you. Uh, but you never know when that's going to happen. No, a few years ago, and this is something that has stuck with me. Somebody said to me, you never know who somebody knows. So just because in the room, they're not your ideal client or the people that need your skills, you just don't know who that person you're talking to knows who you know, two months, three months, six months, 12 months down the line said, do you know what? I know somebody who can help you with that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely true. And, and it's really, I mean, I know that um, if I, if I was to sit down and do the exercise that I should do more frequently, but don't, um, I'm sure we've all got those, um, you know, to track back where a piece of work comes from, because sometimes you get it, somebody connects you and, somebody contacts you. Um, I had an instance, actually, I'm, I'm running a, a Microsoft Teams course virtually the week after next day, yeah, two weeks time yesterday. Uh, and it, I was recommended for it by somebody who'd seen me deliver something somewhere else. But I didn't know yeah. that um, that person was in the audience. So, and in fact, the biggest piece of work I ever got was because the PA to the finance director of a very international prestigious company was in the audience when I spoke at the PA show, or as it was known then, office. Uh, and I was talking about exactly what they were rolling out. And I, I obviously solved the problem in that talk and I landed my biggest ever contract. It was an international. So you really don't know who you, when you meet people, whether it's because, okay, I was speaking, but it could be that I'd have been having coffee with them or standing mm. next to them in the coffee line at the show. Um, similarly, you know, talking and then eventually maybe giving your business card out or whatever you do now for that. Yeah. So um, what, what else struck you, Joe? Just um, how interesting Ali was and, and, the simplicity of a reason and my whole you know that question i asked her about you know she'd lived in australia she's done thailand she's gone to the middle east she came back to the uk for a while then she went somewhere else and then she landed in malaga and she's been there all these years and and has no desire to move um and i thought there would be something really i don't know <laughs> just out there as to why she kind of put the stick in the sand and said, this is it, this is where I am. So, um, yeah, it, it was really interesting to hear her reason. But what a well-travelled lady, uh, you know, and I, I'm sure that her networking events are likely to be really exciting. Next time I'm over in Malaga, I'm going to look her up and say, have you got anything going on while I'm on holiday yeah. and, and meet up for coffee? 
Yeah, right. absolutely. It's absolutely the thing to do. Absolutely the thing to do. So that's it. So the, the other things that we we did talk about, I mean, we, we had the ideas of, of when you're working remotely and, and niching yeah. and making sure that you network a lot. So those were kind of top tips. And, uh, and then we started talking about online software, didn't we, for yeah. conferences. Yeah. And we talked quite a bit about hopping. And actually, after we finished recording, we carried on talking about hopping because it's the it's the platform that Ali's looking at using for her next conference and I've got experience of it so we talked about that um, and also about Crowdcast which I've delivered on and Remo and there are loads and loads of other online platforms out there that people can use and it's really if, if you want to if you have a client who asks you to think about setting up a on online conference for them um, they might then be asking you to do that research as a VA yeah. as to which yeah. is the best platform and it's really hard because there are so many of them now and there are yes. new ones appearing out of the woodwork because everybody's online so you could actually run a conference using zoom um, with a series of meetings that you could just go in and out of you know people would get the link to that meeting and then they'd come to the next meeting um, or you could run a long meeting and people would, you know, you would share pre-recorded stuff in it or mm. invite speakers into that meeting. But obviously then you've got to have a paid version that allows you to use it for that long. Um, yes. Because they are sometimes restricted. You could run a summit on um, things like Hey Summit. That's another one. We didn't talk about that before. But mm. Hey Summit is, is one that's built for online summits. So it's another one. Uh, there, there's, there are all sorts of them. And then there's the pros and cons of your speakers. Do you have them present live or do you have them pre-record? And some of that is going to depend on the content that they are delivering. And some of that is going to depend on how control freaky you are. Yeah. So, um, and, and also remember there were three of us in three different countries. Now, if you magne magnify that to an international event, there could be time differences. So it might be more appropriate to have pre-records. For instance, if you've got somebody from Australia and New York dipping in and out, then pre-records make more sense, don't they? Well, only from the perspective, um, the, the pre-record... From my perspective, from 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 my experience, and if I was going to do a yeah. conference, I would want pre-recorded. I think the reason for that is you can control the timing. Yeah. So when you are delivering live, you just mentioned about people being all over the world. Yeah. You are hostage to people's bandwidth, yeah, uh, and their computer speed and quality, yeah, uh, and all of that. So when it's a live presentation, there's very little in your control apart from the platform you're using. So if, if I'm in control and you've got maybe a bad speakers, because we've had, you know, instances where a microphone doesn't work or a headset yeah. doesn't work, you've got no control over that. Whereas if yeah. that is pre-recorded, then it's, you know, let's say you were going to do a session for me, you pre-recorded it, you sent it to me, I would watch it through and I could actually come back to you and say, well, look, Joe, the quality is not good enough. The sound doesn't work or the video yeah. is too fuzzy or whatever. Can you do it again? Yes. Yeah. Whereas if it's live, you don't have that luxury. Um, and 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 it's it's about quality control, but it's also about timing. Yeah. 
because um, people coming in and people going out, they can have difficulty getting into a session on time. And also, us speakers like to talk. <laughs> yes. We, we like to waffle. So when you, if you, and, and if you're not physically in the room with the person, it's really hard to get their attention and say, stop. You know, if you're in a physical room, they can have somebody at the back of the room that can hold up a sign that's yeah. five minutes and your speaker knows they've got five minutes. But if you're virtual, you, 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 you can't do that. So, so that's the other reason for pre-records is to keep the flow and to, to, to keep it on track. Um, you could use um, Teams live meetings um, to broadcast, but then you've got no, not very much interaction uh, with Teams live broadcast. So, so it's not one that I would easily use. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are, there are lots of options and you, you need to do some research. It's another rabbit hole of tech to look at. It is. One I'm going to, yeah, one I'm going to start to look at because I'm going to put on this year at some point the virtually amazing assistance summit and uh, summit conference, whatever you want to call it. It's going to be virtually amazing though, because I think that just says it all. And uh, so listeners, it would be great to hear from you. Who would you like to hear from? Who would you like me to approach to present at this summit? Uh, and what kind of topics would you like to hear? Because that would be most helpful in me putting a lineup together. I've got some ideas, obviously, but it's very early days yet. So, Joe, what would make you sign up for a summit? Um, I think uh, a mix of tech, a mix of um regulation and support so i think from a, a a small business owner we deal with tech we deal with people we deal with regulation and control in our business maybe accounts um so something that represents all the facets of our business and maybe you know some very very important things about looking after ourselves you yeah. know, last year was really difficult. We're starting the year, as we said earlier, very difficultly. It is very important that we take care of ourselves. So maybe something on nutrition, maybe something on, you know, good rest, good sleep, all those kinds of things that are so important for us to take care of ourselves. Yeah. Because if we don't take care of ourselves, we can't take care of our business or our families, or any of these other things that are going on, you know, in our individual lives. Fantastic. Well, that's really good, because I think I've got ideas for each of those areas that you spoke about already. And we haven't talked about this before, listeners. If you think this was planned, don't, don't, because I just sprung that on Joe. It wasn't. It wasn't. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to love everybody and leave you. It's quarter past six in the evening where I am in Natanya and I'm going to go and make soup. And um, I've, I've made some soup, but it needs to be, you know, creamed up. It needs to be zhuzhed, as I call it, um, with a blender. So it needs to be blended and reheated. And I'm going to make, we've got salmon for supper tonight. So that's got to go in the oven shortly. So That sounds wonderful. Yeah. Do you want to come over here and cook for me? No, no I'm staying here. It was 23 degrees outside today. I'm staying here. 
it's not 23 degrees here so no <laughs> it's not going to be 23 degrees here for much longer they're, they're forecasting uh next week it's going to start rain you know yeah from from the weekend i think it's going to start raining and get um what's quite cold for here so mm. and but as i said when we were talking with ali before when it gets cold, when the temperature drops it's mm. really unpleasant because we don't have central heating or carpets so mm. It really unpleasant. It's uh, we we have a, a portable heater. Um, we have heated air conditioning, so the air conditioning can be heating. Um, so you know, but that's desperate because I don't like it. Yeah. But if I'm really cold, yeah. I can go on. So uh, that's that. Fluffy so, slippers and a woolly jumper. Oh that's yes. What you need? Yeah. Woolly <laughs> jumper, woolly dressing gown, everything. Anyway, listeners, thank you for sticking with us for yet another episode of Virtually Amazing, and we will be seeing you next week again with our next yes. excitingly amazing guest. As ever, you can contact me, Shelley at Tomorrow's VA, Joe at JLBBusinessConsulting.co.uk. And all our details will be on the website page that goes along with this episode. And you can find the Virtually Amazing podcast on Facebook at Virtually Amazing. So I think that's enough waffle. I've proved we can waffle. And I think it's time to wrap up. So bye for now and see you next week. You have been listening to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with Shelley Fischel and Joe Brianti. We will be back with you again next week with yet another amazing episode. See you then.